Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 68. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by round earther Tom Smiley on this Columbus Day, and we're here to talk about legacy. Absolutely round earther. Um, I thought it was 67. Maybe I missed one. Dude, it's totally possible. I'm, I'm just guessing, and the fact that they've been right to this point, I assume, is total luck. Okay, so it could be 68, it could be 67. We might just skip ahead one to make ourselves seem like we're we're more entrenched in podcasting. There we go. That's what episode one way to get 100, ahead. 168. Yeah, dude. I'm down. Bro, limited resources just had like I don't know, 500 maybe? Some insane milestone like that. That's absolutely ridiculous. And good for Marshall and yeah. his 9 million rotating co-hosts. <laughs> Is that the uh, longest running Magic podcast? I don't know. I mean, it could be. I think it's the the longest running popular Magic pod- podcast. There might be like <laughs> some group of people who FNMs together who's been podcasting on the now defunct MTG cast for longer. But no. Oh, you're listens. right, dude. There is. It's called uh, Friday Night Magic or Monday Night Magic or something like that. Is it actually? Did I just did I hit the nail on the head? I don't know if they're still going, but I do remember seeing them like a year ago or whenever the last time MDG cast still worked. Okay. So it could be, it could not be. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. So yeah. Did you have today off for Columbus death? Had today off, but not really. I, uh, you know, there's a scene in old school where everybody's trying to get Will Ferrell's character, Frank, the tank, like back into it. And they're like, listen, man, you got to come to this house party. And he's like, you know what? I don't know. I have to go to home Depot. And I have to, I have to do all this stuff, and he's like getting really pumped about it. Yeah. So I like, I seeded my lawn today. <laughs> I did some trimming. I watered it after I seeded. I, uh, yeah, I, I got, I got a lot of stuff done around the house, like the outside stuff that I'd been neglecting since we still haven't completely unpacked yet. How big is your yard, man? You have like a yard. Well, I mean, okay, so it's not big at all. Uh huh. But we have one. We yeah. have one. And like honestly, in like, piss, huh? yeah, oh, yes, yes, absolutely. In uh, in the area that I'm in, yards are very small. Yeah, and land is. That's why very I was surprised expensive. to hear you had a yard. Yep. So we have one. It's small. It's enough to have like we have a we have like a stone, uh, patio with actual grass and everything around it. Uh, the side yard is pretty big for for the area that I'm in. So it's not it's not the worst, but we want to make it look good. Rock and roll, man. Yeah. How was your weekend? Did you have to work today? So I went into work, not knowing it was a holiday, and it was, oh. no, it was fine because like half the people were there, but half the people weren't. And if I had known that half the people wouldn't be there, I definitely would have worked from home today. Because all the people like that I would have have had relevant face to face conversations with were not there. So I got you. It's kind of a waste of time. Our merger actually just got approved by the uh, FCC or whatever it's called, FTC. So I thought. Do we, was... do we have to have like a disclaimer now? <laughs> no, I thought it was going to be a, a huge important day, so I like actually shaved before work and stuff. You shaved? Did you wear a shirt and tie? Was it that kind of day? No, dude. I I would never ever wear a shirt and tie to work. But I I do. I offset it by wearing jeans, but I have done it. Wait, teachers 
Do teachers wear ties? I can't remember at high school. I mean, some of them do. Our principal really wants us to. Okay. But I took like a vow to myself that I was never going to be a corporate tie wearing whatever. <laughs> and now, now I got fancy ties. Sometimes I just want to wear them. Dude, in my industry, I kind of feel like if you if you like dress up and present yourself well, that means you're actually not that good of a developer. <laughs> like, so if you're just like you dress like a shitbag, everybody just assumes that like the reason why you're dressing like a shitbag is because you're so good that exactly. you don't need to fucking yeah. dress up. People are always like, dude, how do you get away with that shit? And I'm like, dude, stop me. Like, just say something to me, you know? <laughs> but nobody does. So that's just, it's kind of like a cat and mouse, like a passive aggressive developer thing to do. Okay. I can get behind that. But yeah, I guess tomorrow we meet our new, uh, our new partners at USA Today. So what if you show up and you're just owned by the Chinese government. Well, bro, I mean, are you, are you going to make a statement like the NBA or blizzard <laughs> or uh Kibler, right? Well, mm. I thought, I thought he said he just wasn't working with them oh, that's possible. anymore. So I, I thought, I thought Kibler's statement was okay. Yeah, it I was. I, I actually haven't seen, I haven't been following it really the past three days. I've been kind of busy. Yep. But uh, that last week was fucking insane, bro. Like the firestorm that kicked up after South Park, like it, it, it all just went like bang, 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 like the NBA and Blizzard. And yep. It was like lemmings falling off a cliff, dude. And it was kind of good. I feel like there was a little bit of political healing going on in this country, man. It seemed to span both sides of the aisle. Okay. We had we had consensus. We, we finally had a common enemy, right? I guess I guess we needed that. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. It was uh, interesting. May you live in interesting times. That's an Eastern Chinese proverb. So you're already getting ready. Oh yeah, dude. I'm learning Mandarin right now. <laughs> so, so uh, did you get to play any magic this week? I didn't. I I want to give a shout out to our friend Lawrence Lawrence Harmon who I listened to a couple of their podcast episodes. I got I got a night off this week where my life my wife let me take a trip out to Treehouse and I got to listen to a few episodes of their podcast and a few episodes of Everyday Eternal and um and I've been talking in Discord a little bit with them and they're doing great work. So if you haven't checked them out, it is definitely worth listening to. It's Thirst for Knowledge podcast and their Discord has a lot of very good people in it. I think it's Thirst for Cast on Twitter, maybe. And that that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, check them out for sure. I uh, definitely. Is there an episode you'd recommend listening to? Uh their latest one had Tan and Grace. Uh, they talked a lot about Delver. It was it was very uh, content oriented and, and very entertaining. Rock and roll, man. Yeah. I made that up. I don't know if the last one had Tannen, but I'm pretty sure that he was on. Yeah, I'll give it a listen. Also, we should mention, I guess, our, our friend uh, James Shu coming out with that book, too. Yeah, I am so excited. One, because I read the um, his last book. And I, I don't want to say that his last book lacked star power, because it was him, <laughs> right? It was it was James. It was one on one James with his journey. But now we have 
we have like a really great collection of a bunch of people from Magic that uh, I can't I can't wait to read the commentary with the extended interviews and everything like that. It's uh, I know that I have my copy coming and I can't wait to read it. Yep, same. Definitely stoked, man. So what is it? Is it next? No, it's not next weekend. It's the weekend that I have my friend's wedding. So the 26th is the LAL? Yeah, so it's not, not next weekend, but the week after. And I'm going through what I'm going to play. And it, there's just so many options now. Like, obviously, there's just that itch to play some sort of version of Delver, whether it be the No Stifle or Stifle or even some spicy Grixis stuff. We'll talk about that a little bit later, I think. Yeah. Um, but there, there's a lot of stuff going on. Oh, there certainly is, man. Would you say that that's your favorite then in the clubhouse? Bruh. Well, what I really want to do is I want to try to I want to try to play something that's going to beat up on Delver. Yeah. But it's really hard coming up with something that's going to beat up on Delver and then not be a dog to combo. So you're in you're in a really tough spot right now, actually trying to like pick a middle spot if you're not going to be in that triangle of like delver combo and then whatever you know yep so after we recorded uh last week the next day i was i was really giving it an honest thought about what i would play in the quarterly playoff if i was able to play in it Mm -hmm. and the deck i landed on actually is uh rip helm like uh pseudo miracles like combo okay. kill miracles yeah As, i mean rest rest in peace is pretty relevant it really is, it does seem very good right now right like in terms of if you're thinking about rug decks and not just like rug whether it's stifle or non-stifle but also i guess it, by extension grixis and four color rug delver and then the four color control like snapcaster decks and ant having the prominence that they all have it seems mm-hmm. like like the type of meta where rest in peace can break in right and then sometimes you play against black red or whatever and it's just bonus points but it seems like a lot of decks i mean even the uh the the green white depths deck leans heavy on the graveyard with like nicer reliquary and such yeah and elvish reclaimer had like just being able to hit things like that yeah even though it doesn't really shut it off. It just has extra bonus abilities. Yeah. But the the thing is, like, even though Rest in Peace has a ton of relevance right now, right? Do, is that deck good against Rug? Because it doesn't seem like it would be. I guess you get to play Verdict, but, like, all of your win conditions are not going to resolve against that deck, right? I'm not sure. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have any chance to get any games in. But in theory, I was I was playing it pretty low, pretty low to the grounds. Not really focused on card quality. Like I wasn't playing like some sort of engine, like AK or any sort of spinning wheel stuff. Mm-hmm. I was playing like ten one mana cantrips in this list I drew up, and then uh, an enchantment, pretty light enchantment package with two enlightened tutors to be able to find stuff. And All I right, wasn't... so maybe like a humility. Yeah, so a humility and a moat in the sideboard. And then, like, uh, no, not, like, leaning into the energy field, just one energy field, you know, so you don't have to draw a whole bunch of them. But then also you get access to a ton of blasts in the sideboard. So I suspect that, you know, having main deck resting pieces, I think your game one against Rug would be pretty good. And your game two and three would probably be somewhere 
south of good, but if you you know if you can take game one, then taking two forty percenters, you know, I'll take that. Yeah, no, I can get behind that. I was just thinking about the actual win conditions of the deck. Right. Yeah. Helm and. Y- yeah. Just uh, spell spell pierceable, f- four mana cards. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why games two and three seem pretty tough. But if they don't know what you're doing, especially you can you can probably catch them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that would have been what I played, and actually I was pretty stoked to see someone did bring it, and I think they came in like fifteenth. It wasn't really even close to the list that I was sketching out, but it's just cool that people are still trying it. Yeah, I I feel like that that card, rest in peace, is very well positioned right now. So I don't I'm not surprised by things popping up with it. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, that's where I would be, I think, if I played in the Living Legacy, which unfortunately I will not be able to. I did get to play this weekend, but it was uh, a pretty even balance, I guess, of Alpha Old School and Legacy, just in paper. So you you have an Alpha Old School deck? No, it's just you have a, an Alpha Alpha Forty. Alpha Forty deck, yeah. Now, what do you play in Alpha Forty? Because this is a this is like. This is beyond my finances to have an Alpha 40 deck. What what cards do I play? Yes. I play blue-red with... Uh, I have four air elementals, would be like the, the beaters, but then five power sinks, uh, three fireballs, two disintegrates, a brain geyser, uh, two soul rings, two orgish artillery, and... Oh, two on summons and two shatters. Sounds okay. about sounds about like the list. I'm I'm trying to get a mana flare. Basically, I'm trying to be like the X spell deck. Maybe like one more soul ring, uh, a mana flare, and then a rock hydra. I want to get in there just for fun and just have a bunch of X spells with mana flare. So now when rock hydra spikes, we'll know we'll know who it is. <laughs> exactly, bro. It's it's alpha's a fucking blast, man. It's such a fun format. It's great to play after like. Once you've had like six to eight beers, you don't want to play any more Legacy, right? Because it's just like too too mechanical for like people who are half paying attention. Alpha's okay. perfect for that, like mental load. I got you. It's a great, great bar format. The people that, that just doesn't seem like it goes together with you saying, oh, I want one more Alpha Soul Ring. I and know, I know. Yeah, just when you're eight beers deep and you're playing at a bar. That is not where I want my Alpha Soul Rings to be. Bro, this dude came up to us at the bar, actually, and was like, oh, I haven't seen these cards since 1994. And he was, like, looking at all our cards and stuff. And he seemed to know what he was talking about because he was, like, asking us, like, do do any of you have a Royal Assassin? You know, like, asking about cards that were actually in Alpha. You know, and he seemed to know his shit. And we're like, yeah, you know, did you play? He's like, no, my roommate, uh, Peter Atkinson, was involved with it. (laughs) <laughs> and i don't know if this dude is like like a deep troll or if yep. he's actually being honest because he's like yeah we lived in seattle and it was blah 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 and a lot of the meetings were out of our apartment and it might have been legit dude it was, it was pretty it, hilarious yeah that that seems crazy yeah absolutely it, it crazy. was wild and we told him what the cards were worth and he was like fucking blown away he claimed he had dual lands but not power from that era from from back in the day yeah that's, he, he that's... said he thought they were beta but oof yeah it's too big bad. big oof it's a shame okay so after we got done dumping on legacy for being <laughs> too technical of a format to play after drinking 
Which I highly disagree with, but I understand. Well, it's just like if your opponent's not paying attention, legacy is not fun. But Okay, sure, you're right. So, and also the football games are on, right? Which, by the way, bro, fucking... Don't talk about Sam Darnold right now. It's been one fucking game. Sam Darnold. Ah, I knew you were going to do it. I knew it. Dude, why did the Cowboys not kick that fucking field goal? If they could have gone in down 7-6, could have just been halftime. Instead, it's 21 to fucking 3 at halftime. Yep. They got lit the fuck up. They got they got uh Samchized. So uh, other than the Jets, there are a few franchises that I just like kind of like dislike more. I'm kind of glad that the Cowboys got got whomped. Aren't Even you though a Z- like Zeke Elliott owner? Well, okay, I am a Zeke Elliott owner, but Zeke ripped off a late run, yeah, so did. he still scored like 20-something for me. So up until the point where he ripped off that run, I was like, I really want Zeke to score some points right now. And after that happened, I was like, all right, we're good. We're good. Bro, as long as Stafford goes under 30 tonight, I'm going to be mm-hmm. in sole ownership of first place at 6-0 in our league. I'm good only in you. one league this year, so I'm taking it kind of seriously. And uh, yep. Stefan Diggs... What up? He went off. He did. He went off. Finally. So yeah, the uh the playoffs this week. The the format playoffs. Did you watch anybody uh streaming at all? Well, I was I'm in a few discords with people who were live in the tournament. Yeah. And I, I was obviously checking Twitter with all of the, the people checking in with how they were doing. I was tuned in a little bit to the conversions and the rug pilots switching between the no bad cards mid-range list and the stifle list and trying to come up with some sort of like balance in your creature threats or your threats to where you weren't stuck with a bunch of threes and a card that i've never like i mean i've given like a little bit of consideration but i've never actually said all right this card is probably better than true name is hooting mandrels and man (laughs) Bro, you uh, you definitely shit on that card. I've bit. okay, I've shit, I've shit all over that card. But now, I actually think that it's probably time for it, it's given good, man. how you need to balance your your mana base for rug stifle decks. Exactly, it it always fit the best in stifle. I thought, and you know, angler's just nowhere to be found right now. So there's not that predator anymore. Well, there's that Grixis list. Which we're going to talk about later. There is, but it, it's only showed up in the past week and a half, I guess. But, right, it, could, but it could be real, and it could be so a I consideration. Think, I think you need to look at like the new stuff popping up that has potential like that, because we've we've kind of been stuck in a field of rug for a little bit. So yeah. we'll, we'll talk more about that later. All right, so yeah, uh, Kevin Sorbo won, taking it down. Now, did you did you go back and watch Hercules or any of the no. any of the things that I told you you need to figure out because Kevin Sorbo? No, you didn't. No, but I did follow his Twitter account, and that dude is based. Okay, I do not follow that person's Twitter account, but man, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's Kevin Sorbo, I guess. I, okay, I don't. Is he like an Arnold type figure? Is he like an old bodybuilder guy? So I actually don't know. I don't know his origins. I could Wikipedia it right now, but I'm not going to. He looks like that. He looks like a former bodybuilder, but... Nice hair. 
Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this list that took it down was one thing I love. It's basically the the Stifle, uh, Griggs, uh, Rob Delver list that we saw like uh, Backstrom play last week, and who are the other two that that top aided the uh, the challenge last week, the uh, SCG Classic rather. Ah, uh, so Daryl Ayers was was yes. Daryl Ayers one yep. of them. He was yep. the one who I think. It popped up on the radar first yes, for me. Yes, 100%. Was, was he playing that deck? And I'm sure that, like, there were a bunch of other people that worked with him. Yeah. But that's that's the... Uh... Oh, Noah Walker, Daryl Ayers, and Andrew Baxter. Okay. And that's who it was. So, there you go. Anyway, they were playing Four Stifles. And sort of my gripe last week was I've never played Four Stifles. And it seems like a, it, seems like it worked out great for them. But it, it always feels a little too all-in for me. So... Uh, Sorbo won, pulled it back with three stifles this week, which I'm a little more comfortable with. And the same threat base, which is four Delvers, four Tarmogoyfs, two Mandrills, two True Names, three Rounds. And then the spells you'd expect with two Pierces and two Stifles. Or two, and two, any two Oko? Snaps, or no? Zero Oko. Zero Oko. Okay. And the Caracas in the sideboard is still a part of this deck. And an engineered explosives in the sideboard too, which is something we really don't see that much. No, that's true. Um, I, I think that we are, or maybe they were considering that there could be more. What? I mean, more, it, more I, tests. I, I always like I it against know. exactly. I was about to say I always like it against Tess and Ant. Just like you know, maybe you, elves. If you grab, yeah, elves too, yeah. If you grab an LED, that's fine, but like just to have onboard stuff that can't fall to discard and can clear up a bunch of goblins, like, you know, yeah, if they I mean, 14 goblins on turn one and then you just take 14 and, and EE them. Yeah, the two. the Rugless had really been like sort of weak to the go wide strategies, right. and the go wide strategies had been absent. Uh, well, I mean, up until now, we start to see a, a few of them creeping back, but. I like I like the EE as a hedge against a changing metagame where that might be might be more more impactful. Yeah, you kind of mentioned this last week actually how Plague Engineer disappeared how because everybody was going straight rug now. That... Yeah, I mean we we might see like one in the top one deck with it in the top sixteen. Right. I, I didn't count, but it's it's almost dead. So we're not seeing in the rug sideboards. We're still not seeing stuff like electric electricery or the other one. Uh, can't think of his name right now, but. The my, the one damage effects that Rub would typically play, like the the pyroclasm esque type effects. Yeah, the um the one that doesn't hit creatures with flying. It's a split card. Yeah, I uh blah. Rough, I can't remember the name of the card. Tumble maybe or something like that. Rough but, tumble. That sounds right. So yeah, that that could be that. It just could be a go wide card and has extra utility against Chalice. Like it sort of, you know, uh, tightens up. You don't want to give a whole spot to Chalice, but you know having a uh, minus one effect that can actually hit a chalice too if you happen to play against that is fine yeah and i mean i chalice isn't super on my radar no going in going to this tournament seems like the worst time for chalice in a very long time but in paper though some people are just gonna play it right just you're absolutely right so i'd expect to at least see somebody showing up with it yep so yeah, that was uh, that was the winning deck. I think it's a list that we've all seen quite a few times. There is no, for what it what it's worth, this is kind of worth mentioning. I think no 
fiery eyelid or basic island in the stifle rug versions that we've seen so far so it's just straight 18 land rug like the traditional kind of three volks three traps mana base yep which seems dangerous man like if you if you get put on the draw and that's actually something i noticed about this tournament is the player on the play won every match in the top eight yeah i mean small sample size but obviously being on the play with a stifle list is really important but Stifle can also protect you from Wasteland too. I, I mean, it's it's never something that you can rely on heavily because you're you're playing into days by trying to stifle a Wasteland. Then you just get completely blown out if things go badly. But it's it's something to think about. Yeah, it's interesting, man. It, and definitely, it, it seemed relevant to me that you know everybody on the play won, and it makes more sense for everybody on Stifle too. Yeah. So I I was actually considering playing something like. Uh, something like TES but if Stifle Rug is going to be like the common go-to version I don't know if that's something that I want to navigate through you know what I mean doesn't seem like the best time to pick it up no yeah so so yeah but that said second place was an ant deck Uh, Ruxus playing just typical ant there's no uh, monkey paw shenanigans going on here no Wishclaw Talisman like we're going to see a little bit later on. Yep. Yeah, it seems like Rodney, a lot of people are fucking with that, which I love. Yeah, Rodney Rodney was talking to us in uh, in Discord about how he likes it more than, than Thoughtseize or Duress. Like, being able to have that on yep. board to set up your next turn almost functions like a reusable uh, discard spell. So, he was pretty pumped about it. He said he was much more happy with a Wishclaw Talisman in play than firing off a duress on his on his uh, kill turn. Yeah, I could believe that. That's kind of what I was thinking about with regard to like the redundancy when you're going off there. Uh, it can get awkward, I guess, with Infernal Tutor. I, I would have to sort of work that out. And withdrawing multiples of them could be awkward too. But I could totally believe that, that it, it was just better than, than having extra copies of a discard spell yeah just being able to diversify yeah so like trim something and whatever that piece is can be the missing piece that you need i obviously i haven't played it so i can't tell for certain but rodney i trust rodney's judgment a lot of the time yeah and it can get out actually of no way. wait i don't <laughs> it's rodney he played he played moist or most he played most for a really long time <laughs> but yeah third place elves bro so, okay, nobody's respecting go wide. Everybody dropped their sideboard hate. We, like, literally last week said maybe it's time for go wide to come back, and it's classic elves. Yeah, uh, only one crater hoof, which is like... Now, that's, that's ballsy. Yeah. How bad does it have to feel to draw your one of? I, I think I would be playing two, but that's just because I'm a coward. And I guess I guess if you're not a coward, you play one. Yeah, I mean, playing with three natural orders, right? Like, just having natural order or even, God forbid, two natural orders in hand. The turn before you go off drawing the hoof is just, you're done, right? Yep. And you don't have Brainstorm or anything like that, so kind of stuck with it. But they do have an Archon of Valor's Reach in the main board here. Yep. So there is... So you still have two... Natural order targets. There is, yeah, another target, I guess, but it's it's not the same. 
This card's always shocked me, man. I thought nothing of it when I saw it spoiled, but a lot of people swear by it. The Archon? Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you can understand how it can completely shut down a lot of decks if you actually get to stick it in play. Yep. And there are there are a ton of decks that just can't beat a 5-6 flyer or whatever it is. Right, yeah, Vigilance too. Uh, it might even be a, a five seven. I think it's five six. But... Okay, so I guess you name instant and like Delver can't beat it. Right. Yeah, it's a five six. Yeah, no, it's pretty sick, man. So obviously it's working for JJKBB, and it's pretty cool to see elves pop back up, you know. Yep. After being gives gone. gives Adam Wallace hope. Uh, hopefully, yeah. I don't know if it's enough, but. Dude, a hex drinker in the sideboard is pretty wild. I, I don't know about that. I don't know what that's about either, but I love it. Fourth place, uh, just I was gonna say uh, just a regular test deck, but no, this is the two monkey paw test list. But I mean, other than that, right? It's the same list. It's just trimmed in two spots to make room for two wishcaw talisman. Yeah. So, I don't. I don't think the deck. It's not a new deck. Obviously, no. it just has two new cards. But it is cool to see the uh, the paw already showing up. Yep. And then yeah, the five through eight is where it gets pretty wild because we talked last week about you potentially playing Death and Taxes at the LAL and what that might look like, and we actually see two people playing Death and Taxes in the top eight of a very serious tournament. I mean, the, the quarterly playoff is pretty pretty much the biggest thing. I mean, I guess there's the aggregate tournament that we have online, the yearly, that will be bigger. And not in terms of players, but in terms of stakes. But this is this is bigger than a challenge. You know, this is a really serious event, and two Death and Taxes decks made the top eight. Yeah, well, there was a transition back to a lower land count stifle rug list. Yep. And people were dropping their hate for the go-wide strategies. There's less Plague Engineer. There's less Sweepers. It makes sense that you can see a Thalia deck squeak back in, right? And yeah. Tomic, Tomic is a Tomic is a good card against a lot of the decks right now. Like people trying to trying to do shenanigans with Renin Six. Tomic stops quite a bit of that. Yeah, Tomic's great. Tomic is. Definitely not the problem with Death and Taxes. The problem with Death and Taxes was just one toughness, right? Yep. Tomic is super fucking useful for them. So, I, I I don't know if it's on my radar. Honestly, like, it might come to the, the di- night before the tournament. I'm still not unpacked yet. And I go to grab a deck box and it's there. But, uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. You're going to have to go to the tournament and pick up a Charming Prince. No, no, I don't have to. I can just play four, four Flicker Wisp. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, looking at the list, one of them has two Flicker Wisps and a Charming Prince. Or no, I'm sorry. One of them has four Flicker Wisps and a Charming Prince. And the other has two Flicker Wisps and then a Hallowed Spirit Keeper and what a Sarah Avenger still and a... What's the other difference? The Hallowed Spirit Keeper is a big one. Yeah, that's, that is a big one. Are you a fan of Spirit Keeper? Uh, so I've never played it. So my opinions are like 
take them with a grain of salt. I like the idea of it, but not not right now. I feel like a lot of the rug threats kind of ignore the tokens and yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's where I want to be, right? Yeah, the only time I played D&T was at like just like a legacy FNM at Game Etc. a couple mm-hmm. years ago right after Spirit Keeper uh came out and was on people's radars a little bit. Yeah. So I put it in and that was when like during the miracles heyday and he never got creatures to the yard. So it was just like never going off, but we don't see terminus anymore. And plow is really not, you know, it's still a great removal spell and decks that can play it will play it, but we're just not seeing a ton of those decks. So it seems more relevant now than, than it was. Yeah. It's just, it's tough. There's a really clogged three drop spot and it's it's not what you want to draw against a lot of the decks. Yeah. I don't know. It does give you plenty of blockers, though, against uh, Merit Lage. It's true. That is absolutely true. So seventh place, Lejay. We were just mentioning last week how we hadn't seen Lejay playing Omni online in a while. And this is not Omni, man. This is about as far in the other directions you can go. This is like a, a junk plug deck, green-white plug deck with Plague Engineers and Lingering Souls. Yeah, I I guess people are really trying to figure out what type of chalice shell you you want to be and maybe it's just right to be plugging. I've I've never sleeved, sleeved up a plug deck so I'm not sure. But I mean, it's got it's got that chalice engine to it. So if if it's the best the best version of that then great. Yeah. I don't know, man. It, it seems, it seems kind of a, kind of a stretch to me to not be playing red in your Mox Diamond deck right now. Like, so black gives you access to Plague Engineer, and obviously Trinium Nemesis is a bane of this kind of deck. So it makes sense to want Plague Engineer. I don't think Lingering Souls. You know, if you're in black already, then fine, play Lingering Souls. But I don't think that's a reason to draw into it, right? But. Plague Engineer obviously was very important to this person building this deck. I still would favor either the Naya or or just like a traditional aggro loam, sort of ran loam deck that we've been seeing. But mm-hmm. obviously this worked for Lejay, and maybe there's something I'm missing about how good Lingering Souls might be right now. And I think that if coming from like a deck building perspective, if everybody is really prepared for Ren, you might just want to sidestep it. So I know that obviously it's a super powerful card, which is the reason why everybody's prepared for it. But there there could be a reason involving other people's reactions to Ren that kept it out of this list. Okay. Yeah, I could believe that. This deck, so the only cards in this deck, you've got four Knight of the Reliquary and one Ramanop Excavator. Yep. And then sort of Mox Diamond, but not really. That's only with relation to the Excavator that mm-hmm. that rest in peace hurts you and it hurts you big with the night of the reliquary i mean you can still use it but it, it's just a two-two right right so you are less vulnerable i guess to getting ripped and you also have uh decays to get you out of that decay is another big one i guess that you get in the sideboard yeah i think decay is probably the big draw plague engineer obviously like makes sense when you're in those colors but i think having access to decay is pretty big yeah so yeah, just rounding it out, eighth place, we got Strifo with one Oko in the 
Strafo deck, I guess you'd call it. I, mean, I think everybody knows what we're talking about at this point. Two, yeah, two this, this two playing pile. I just... This, this man does so well with his brews yeah. that uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Also, two Drown the Lock, which is a pretty yeah. hefty vote. I know our buddy Tom's been trying it, and he's not, not been thrilled with it. But that deck is kind of a... I don't want to say slower deck than this deck, because this deck is just a lot of Planeswalkers. It's probably about the same speed, honestly, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. He hasn't he hasn't loved it. I didn't love it when I did try it, but apparently yep. he's working for Strifo, so. Yeah, it, it, I wasn't super high on that card, but uh I am open to be wrong. So hopefully hopefully it sees a little bit more play. Yep. And still with the punishing fire engine for the record. Yes. Uh, but only two. Yep. Yep. So in the rest of the top eight we've got or sorry, in the rest of the top 16, we've got Manalus Dredge, which we've talked about for a while now as being a, a good quick deck that gets around days. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, J-Neck playing uh, Blue-Red Delver, just a traditional Blue-Red Delver deck. Uh, Mech Int playing Rug Delver, uh, Four Stifles. Duplicator playing Depths with no Once Upon a Times. So this is about Bug Depths, though, which I think it makes less sense to play it in because you're only playing Reclaimers and Hex Mages. Yep. So there's not quite as many hits in this deck. Uh, yeah, the, the Bug version has quite a few, like, you need to make room for your, your Brainstorms and your, like, it, it, there's more stuff to fit. Right. Yep. Yeah, totally. And uh, King Regal playing Black Red, just a traditional Black Red deck. Then 14th place, this is the deck that I kind of want to talk about, was a Red Helm deck. This is splashing red for a Karanos in the main deck, actually. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the blast effects in the sideboard that you get access to. Do you actually like the Karanos? No, no. God, no. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I just I I wanted to make sure I didn't I didn't know how off the deep end you went. No, especially not in the main deck, right? It just seems like none of the decks that we've talked about so far. I mean, I guess it's fine against Death and Taxes, but it's not what you really want against any of those decks. So, like, if you put it in the sideboard for like miracles or something, hold on, my dog's freaking out. Okay. What's up? You gotta relax. We come in here. Relax, good boy. Good boy. Just hang out, alright? Be calm. The best boy. Be calm. Calmate. Alright, sorry. So yeah, this is uh, a lot of the stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff in this deck is stuff that I was liking about the idea of Repellent, which is like two enlightened tutors in the main mm-hmm. with a package like uh, he has attention sphere actually and energy field, which is not the direction I was going to go, but also um, you know just a really lightweight package with only two helm of obedience with the four rest in peace, and then you get sideboard. One Canonist, one Seal of Cleansing, and one Blood Moon. 
which I actually forgot about, but I would definitely put in my sideboard. Yeah, I think that it is super interesting. The having having impulse as a three of and running basically like 15 cantrips with your ponders, brainstorms, preordains, and impulses. Uh, Sorry, 14. Actually, do we count? Do we count Enlightened Tutor as a cantrip? No. Okay. So 14. It's, um, it's crazy. And I, I'm not super sold on Helm as a win con in this meta, but I am sold on how strong Rust in Peace is. Yeah, for sure. So it was cool to see this deck do well. Obviously going, uh, I think six wins in this tournament is quite impressive. So, uh, respect. 15th place, Fed Rusher. This is the deck you want to talk about, right? Yeah. So the one first appearance of Brazen Borrower, like we saw a little bit in the league dump, but this is the first competitive deck. And a lot of the people that I've talked to have really liked the role that it's filling. I, I like that card. I really do. Imagine take, stripping most of the soft counter spells out of the rug deck and playing Thoughtseize instead. And then playing a little reanimate package along with Dreadhorde Arcanist. And just think of how ahead on board you can get if you are Thoughtseizing, reanimating, and then getting things back with Arcanist. It's so it's, yeah. it's straight up back to like four of Arcanist. You're leaning on this for card advantage. You're interaction is now a little bit more proactive you're not sitting back on your pierces you're actually casting thoughtsies and you actually get to play gurmag angler which conspicuously absent has led to the rise of hooting mandrels and if there's one card that says fuck you to hooting mandrels it's gurmag angler yeah exactly i do like that part about this deck a lot i haven't obviously played brazen borrower yet in legacy I've drafted a few times, but it's uh, clearly a good card. One thing that I thought was cool about this list, aside from the reanimate Dreadhorde, which I love, uh, is two Gilded Drakes in the sideboard. So I'm I'm not sure about that. I so, mean, like, getting Adepts, but there's lots of things that you can do to Adepts to get it if they have to go at sorcery speed. Um, I'm not really sure why they're here. So, Are you... yeah, so... There's obviously, it comes in against Depths, it comes in against Sneak and Show, like, the, the those are the, the times, Sneak and Show specifically, the times we, like, see this card, when that card, when Sneak and Show's really popping up. Mm-hmm. But, with Brazen Borrower, you exchange control, and then you bounce it back to your hand. Okay. So I think that that might put it over the edge for, like, a, trying to get bigger, like, you know, cut your Delver's mid-range plan. Uh, but you're really playing like okay so let's say you you go your mid-range plan and it's after board you're bringing in your two gilded drakes sort of in the delver mirrors and you're leaning on like a, a two card mini combo that you only have two of each in your deck yeah i don't love it i see i i i just can't i can't see that being the reason yeah, it doesn't actually get true name too, because what I was thinking is that you were going to get true names from them, mm-hmm. because because it was not targeted, but it is targeted. I just read the card. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like, it's not like 
paying two mana and giving your opponent a 3-3 flyer to take their goyf makes sense either. Right. Like, it does kind of with Borrower, but, like, that that can't be the reason why that's there. <sighs> there, honestly, there might be something that we're missing. But Yeah, I'm just trying to picture Cyborg in this deck against, like, in a, a Delver Mirror or whatever. So there are five Blast effects, which makes me think that maybe they're not actually doing that. No, I, I can't. I can't see that. There's happening. enough good cards. You got two plague engineers, two hydroblasts, and three pyroblasts. So I don't actually think that there's room to do that. So maybe this just was a hedge against sneak and show. I mean, it might be. They, I, I feel they like there's probably well in these events. So yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about it? No, I just I I like the direction for where this list is going. I feel like the the spots where it are, is soft. Uh, it's kind of soft to Tomagoyf. Anything that you can't bolt, it is definitely soft too. And, uh, Tomagoyf sometimes gets bigger than Angler. And especially if people are playing Oko, that's, that's something to watch out for. So, uh, I think RH Will, your favorite Blackjack partner. Mm-hmm. Do you remember him? Robert Wilson? Yeah. Robert Wilson's war? Um... He was talking about how maybe maybe there should be some spots for fatal pushes trimmed in with the, the preordains, but but there are people working on this for sure. I could definitely see that. Yeah, I like that. I, I would think that at least one push. Yeah. All right. So, sixteenth place. So, Who is it? Shit, it's Lawrence. I didn't even realize. Do we know this guy? Did you really not realize it? No, I honestly didn't. I, I knew he was playing in the challenge, and I thought he... I think the last week I saw is he started out slow, so I thought that he had, he had just uh, sort of fallen off, but obviously... Yeah, no, I think well. he said... He said he had like a... Like a... I played around something that my opponent didn't have. I went to 4-2, and then he went out. Oh, nice. Uh, yep. Good for him. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't realize. So this is... Uh, this is not like a typical rug deck that we've been talking about because it's not stifle rug this is more like the no bad cards rug but we're incorporating one copy of oko and one copy of brazen borrower into what we traditionally thought of as the nbc rug deck mm-hmm. i think borrower is probably here to stay yeah you're, you're ready to call it now i'm i'm ready to call it right yeah like it it is so flexible and has enough ability to just make itself worth that card. Yeah. So there's a lot of times where tempo-wise you want to bounce a Gurmag Angler or Hooting Mandrills or Dark Depths, and it, it's not dead afterwards. I, I just really like what this card does. It's funny. The, the one reason that I'm not ready to say that it's here to stay, specifically with regard to Rug, is because of Oko, actually. Because they actually, they're both giving you answers to... Stuff that Rug typically never had an answer to in game one, right? So now we have two ways to answer problem permanents that, that don't get hit by Lightning Bolt, you know? Not answer them permanently in the case of Brazen Borrower, but just, just to get that little tempo swing in. Yeah. So I do like having these effects. I'm not sure that one of them won't win out over the other. And it could be Borrower that wins out, but... Or it could just be that one and one is right, but, you know, I think that... We'll, we'll be in a discovery period for a while now. Yeah, I think I think obviously the different style 
one has flash while one doesn't. You're talking about using... I think Oko is more of a value card, while this this isn't really a value card. It just does enough after you play its its tempo. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I, I definitely uh, appreciate this list. I like Sinkhole a lot in the sideboard as a way to hit other Planeswalkers. Uh, it sucks that you can't get opposing Okos with it, but such is the life with your three-minute Planeswalkers to go up to six. That's a lot of loyalty. It is, dude. It really is. What's interesting, too, is um, it's at like 60 tickets online right now. Uh, I mean, there's hype, right? It is. I think there's more hype in Magic Online Finance than there is in paper. Yeah, yeah, no joke, dude. But it's funny because I've, I joined the, I was telling our friend Tom about this last week. I joined the queue at like 8 p.m. Eastern time, like uh, peak Magic Online hours last week. And I was number one of eight in the draft pod, you know? So I was like, all right, I'll go get, you know, get some coffee or whatever. And it was full in 40 seconds. Like, people are drafting the fuck out of this set online. So that's what shocks me about it still being that high. Really a lot. For for a fall set standard card, like, to hit 56 or whatever the hell it's at, it's pretty wild. Yeah, well, we're seeing, I mean... Like we jump on arena a lot, we're seeing a pretty pretty big influx of players, right? Right, but this is Magic Online, right? Right, but like you see, obviously most of the gains are coming at like the new player level, but if we're if we're taking a look at the the player base of Magic Online, it's growing as well. It does seem to be, yeah. So, it's not it's not just arena and pre-releases that that new players are coming into yeah i guess i believe that and it seems like oko is probably across formats right so like modern players and standard players would be looking at them too yeah absolutely so yeah are we gonna see oko and vintage oh man i'm trying to remember what so many insane plays said about it no we need you to stay awake don't go back (laughs) Don't go back. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, I'm trying to think it, how good it would be in Vintage, right? Make somebody's Mox a 3-3? Yeah. I mean, there's there's Oath, right? There, there's not like a show-and-tell or like reanimator-style decks, but there is Oath with Problem Permanence. Mm-hmm. But it does seem a little slow for Vintage, but I guess we'll see. Like, I don't think Ren plays in Vintage, for example. I, I would... I would think that Ren would probably play more right. than yep. yeah than Oko for sure. Agreed. So yeah, that was the uh, that was the quarterly, and it's pretty sweet. We uh, other than that, we, there wasn't a ton to talk about, but there was something I noticed when I was looking at the, the deck dumps for this week, like the league. Mm. There were two cards I'd never seen before. And okay. They're from the commander sets, or the, yep. the, the I think that they're both from the most recent commander set. You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong on this, but the cards were called Anchi's Ravager, something along those lines. That's how it's spelled, and uh, Idol of Oblivion. Have you seen either of those cards before? So I haven't. I'm gonna have to Google them actually. When it attacks, discard your hand, and then draw three. Huh. 
Okay. So that's weird. It's a 3-3 three, three for two and a red. Which is the casting cost, right? That... Yeah. And it's got madness for one and a red, but when it attacks, you discard your hand and draw three? Yep. Okay. Was it was it in like a blood moon shell? Was it yeah, in like a... Yeah, so this is uh, acid, C-Y-T-R-Y-K. Acid citric, I guess. Mm-hmm. With the uh, blood sun, actually, technically. The blood sun deck with four rabble masters and two bone crusher giants and two angie's ravagers with like the typical threat base that you see in that deck like thought not series and reality smashers but it it just happens to be in the blood sun deck but i could see someone trying it in blood moon too right yeah it's that sweet spot if you have soul lands and you're playing red like being able to connect with this and draw three cards seems pretty powerful yep i um i mean i don't really know how much how much selection the mono red deck is looking for. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's obviously something that can be played. I don't know if it's better than trying to just load up on a bunch of the three drop goblin token makers to right. try to like, yeah. have your plan B of actually killing people. So. Yeah. Or th- they're like not playing any Chandra's in this deck, which would typically be their source of card advantage. Mm-hmm. So there's that angle too. But I did think that this card was at least worthy of, of discussion because I hadn't seen it. We hadn't discussed it, I don't think. And it, it does something that I, I can't think of any other card doing. So Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, being able to draw three on attack. Yeah. See, that's that's really powerful. Not even sure. connect, just attack. Yeah. You play it like a fire like a fires deck. Yeah. Play fires of uh Yevermaya. I guess so. Red green beatdown. But even if like, let's say like you're you're down on board and you're just suicide attacking, it's still fucking ancestral recall, right? Like, just drawing three, is is just a great thing to have. So this card, I, I think, definitely deserves well... to be on people's radar. Okay, sure. Like, to be fair, uh, you got you got triple the mana cost. You got to turn before it does anything. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, we, I can't, I can't live that slide. You threw out, <laughs> you threw out, it's, I mean, it's ancestral recall at its worst. And I was like, well, hold on a minute. Yeah. Hold on a minute. So the other card is also in a mono red moon deck. This deck actually, for the first time, four blood moons and two blood suns. It's, it's the blood moon deck, but with two blood suns added in. Okay. Uh, I mean, what, what got cut? I think I would rather just have like Trinisphere. It looks like one Trinisphere got cut because there's only one in here. So either yep. one or two got cut. And the other cuts were probably Chandra's because there's none of them. Yeah, that that just seems strange to me. Yeah, it does. Like having blood... I guess you get a bigger critical mass of three drops to be able to power out on turn one. And fetch lands with a run around. Like, I mean, even if Ren wasn't around, fetch lands would be everywhere. Yeah. But I just... uh. I don't know. But do you see this card, Idol of Oblivion? Uh, I'm going to have to look that up too. So it's a two-mana artifact, and it has tap, draw a card, activate this ability only if you control a token this, or if you created a token this turn. So Rabble Master, Legion War Boss, Handweird Garrison, Seasoned Pyromancer, uh, 
Karn sign of Urza all create tokens, right? To me, this seems win more. It, exactly. It's kind of snowball-y, right? Right. But like, then, you could pay two more mana and have a Chandra. Right. Yeah, I don't love this card. I actually really like the, the Ravager more. This does seem kind of win more. And then it has also, just because we're explaining the card, it's got pay eight mana and sacrifice it to create a 10-10 colorless all drowsy creature at this at instant speed, so... It's not totally irrelevant text because sometimes games just go really long with this deck, like with Ensnaring Bridge, when you, you know, have something like a Plague Engineer in play where you can't make Goblin tokens, right? Yeah, so with your Ensnaring Bridge in play, making your 10 is going to be great, right? <laughs> yep, good point. I just, I don't know. I I feel like the, the second part of that is like largely irrelevant and the two mana potential draw engine just it's dead it's dead a lot of the time and i feel like i would rather just have chandra what do you think of ember cleave uh okay so is that that's the red equipment right yeah okay i don't like it i'm sure that there can be a shell for it i just i don't i don't know if i ever want to go in that direction in legacy so it's four red red for uh, legendary artifact equipment with flash. It costs one less to cast for each attacking creature you control. So if you go turn one Rabble Master off like uh, you know Soul Land Chrome Mox, and then play a Mountain the next turn, you can just put this on your Rabble Master. Now the reason I don't like it is because you could also just cast another Rabble Master, right? And this deck. It does. It is maxed out, so it has four Rabble Masters, four Legion War Boss, and three Hanover Garrison. So I guess you could add one Garrison and still play one em- Embercleave, and my critique would be invalid at that point. But you know what I'm saying? Like this is kind of in the same camp where you need to be winning for it to do anything. You need to be yeah. already executing your game plan. So it, it's like it's not a self-starter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's high mana cost if things aren't going well. It's never going to be good from behind. Right. And even if you're ahead, it it if you are that far ahead to where this is going to be great, you were going to win that game anyway. Exactly. So that's that's my take on it. It is a fucking bitch of a card though. Uh it, so the equipment what it does is it gives a creature it you flash it in and it equips at instant speed and it gives the creature uh, double strike plus one plus one and trample so on you know on a rabble master on turn two that's swinging in for as a four or two it would make it a five three double strike so that's almost lethal right there yeah it's too much too much happening it is quite a bit but yeah, uh, it showed up and it's a new card, so I figured I'd give it a shout. Yeah, I thought I thought that I saw it a few weeks ago, but I ignored it. <laughs> so you you found it again. Yeah. Have you had a chance to draft this set yet? I have not. Oh, I've man. not played any limited. No pre-releases. No nothing. It looks super fun. Um, I've been told it's really grindy, but so it's funny, man. Like. I've been talking to our buddy Marcus about this, actually, because he's he's queued for the PT, so 
Yep. Uh, he's been drafting a bit, and we've been talking about the format and uh, some people. No, we have we have multiple friends named Marcus. This is Marcus, not from the United States, right? Yeah. Yeah. High tide, Marcus. Yes. And uh, the the there's no like consensus as to the speed of the format. It seems because. And it's true, actually. When you draft a grindy deck and play against a grindy deck, the grind is insane, man. I've either timed out or timed my opponent out plenty of times, and a lot of games go to the decking. Yep. There's a lot of questions about you know what sort of recursion you have, what how, how many cards can you put back on top of your library, how many cards can you force your opponent to draw. You save yeah. your mill spell for the last possible turn so that they can't they can't like put something back on top. So there are a lot of games that go to the bitter fucking end. But there are also, I think that aggro strategies are very valid in this format. There's at least one third of the games people are swinging in with 1-1 one, one haste, you know? Okay. So it's the speed of the format can be anywhere from, from a zero to a, like a nine, I would say. Uh, it, it really, like one league to the next can seem like a totally different format. It's just, okay. it's really a super wide range, I would say, and there's something for everyone. I, I, it can be as grindy as you want it to be, but it can also be as fast as you want it to be. It's really a, a pretty interesting format. I'm not doing terribly well. I only have, I believe, five trophies and probably 23 leagues now. Well, you're, you're selling it. So if you are listening and you're thinking about trying the limited format, it has Ian's stamp of approval for sure. Yeah, I'm not ready to call it, you know, like a all-time great format or anything like that, but I would definitely give, you know, give it a shot. Okay, maybe I will. I probably won't though. <laughs> What's your week like, bro? Uh, okay. So, I uh I didn't have grad school today cuz it's a holiday. I have an exam on Friday night. I have a fucking exam on Friday yes. night. So, tomorrow. Sweet. Tomorrow I'm unpacking and editing after school. Wednesday, I think I have clear, but I have so much work to do around my house. Like, I'll take a picture of my office and send it to you. And everything is almost done except for the office. It's been the last, like, the last thing that we've been we've been pushing off because everything else is more important. And uh, it's just it's it's constant stuff with the kid. Sounds awesome, man. Yeah. What's what's yours look like? Uh, not shit, bro. This uh, this weekend is like the calm before the storm. I've got like five busy weekends coming up after this one, but I'm gonna be just chilling. So we uh, hopefully get some golfing, like last nice. golf of the year, probably. I think I got I think I got the go ahead to plan another magic weekend coming up. So hopefully the um, the Grand Prix or Magic Fest gods are good to us. And we get something good to travel to, because I think my wife is going to a wedding in London, so she's she's going to that. I'm gonna get to uh, take a trip of my own. Bro, have you given any thought to SCGCon? Uh, no, I haven't. But is it in December? I think it's in November, actually, like mid November. Oh, okay. So I think that might be that might be too close. Okay. I was looking sort of at like like quarter one of 2020. All right. Sounds good, bro. Yep. All right. All right. Any Anything else we got to plug? We got no new patrons this week. Got Canadian Thanksgiving, so I don't know what that's all about, but 
Oh, you know what? Happy Canadian Thanksgiving, Joey and Costas and Chris and everybody up there. Yep. And I hope you enjoy your foot of snow that you got last week. Do they have the same type of food for Canadian Thanksgiving? I know I could probably just look this up, but I don't know. They probably have some sort of poutine-based turkey dish, I imagine. I feel like I feel like that's God, we have to incorporate that here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, I've never been a Thanksgiving guy personally. I'm a Halloween guy. Okay, I I'm sorry. Thanksgiving is the literal best. Maybe it's just because I'm such a fat kid, but th- oh, Thanksgiving. Oh man, you can not like your family and still have an awesome Thanksgiving. Not that I don't like my family, but food. Oh, all about the food. All about the food. Cranberry sauce sucks, though. Yeah, it does. Anybody who likes cranberry sauce, my wife likes cranberry sauce, but she's fucking, fucking wrong. Nasty, bro. Yeah, it's gross. We somehow. It ended up that, like, the worst cooks in our family are hosting Thanksgiving every year, so it's just been a fucking disappointment for for quite some time now, but... So how does... How does that work? Bro, it's... I don't know. It's just, like, where people live. Like, the, the most centrally located people are the, just the worst cooks, and it's, Well, then everybody needs to step up and bring some sides, man. But you can't tell people that they're terrible cooks, you know? Like, you can, you can like, joke about it, but then they think that you're joking, and it becomes, like, this joke that they're a bad cook and they don't actually t- like internalize it and like take the criticism. Right. And right. But then you, you show up with the Mac and cheese and scalloped potatoes and then they understand. I show up with they're a bag like, of oh. fucking Burger King, bro. Oh they man. They still don't get it. But yeah, no, that's what it is, bro. It's the, the perils of being white New England, I guess. <laughs> Gotta deal with some awful cooking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave that. I, yeah, I, go for yeah, it. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, uh, if people want to find you on Twitter to uh, give you some cranberry sauce digitally, I don't know how that works. but No, oh, you know what, though? For real, we have the Leaving a Legacy event coming up, and we forgot to plug the food drive. Oh, yeah, we're doing another sauce. food drive. So I would I would appreciate it if every everybody didn't show up uh, like bringing bags of cranberry sauce, but if it's what you have, bring it. You know, it's there there are places that can that could use it far more than far more than we can. You know, it's and uh, if you want to bring some good canned food, we're doing a canned food drive again. Yeah, definitely, and this this worked out really well for us the past three times we've done it. Uh, awesome donations that we've given. So keep doing your thing, people. I'll I'll I won't be able to make it. I'll throw in some cash or whatever. So. So I was I was trying to think about this. I joked around about dressing up as Bryant. Yeah. But if I were to dress up as Ian, what what like what would be what would I have to do? Like what would your key points be if somebody somebody were to dress up as you for Halloween? So I would say shorts and a shirt that's worth over a hundred dollars, but also has a stain on it and the collar is kind of fucked up and clearly hasn't been washed in a week. Okay. That's my look, right? So, uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Also, that's, uh, that's possibly vague, golf glove. But I can work with it. Golf glove hanging out of your back pocket. Golf glove hanging out of the back pocket, okay. Some Nicorette. Um, Some Nicorette is a key accessory. Oh, absolutely. Gotta have the um, bottom Nicorette. Uh, yep, and a, like a very, very live free or die 
attitude. Make sure you have to walk around with the swagger. You've slept no more than two hours. And you don't ever uh, fraternize with the the main circle of players who are done playing it around. You need to stand at least ten feet away, critiquing that circle. Okay, so you're not you're not tier one. You're attacking the tier one. Is that what you're saying? Uh, tier zero, I call it. Yeah. Tier. Okay. okay. You, need, you need to just find uh, find Lesko, find somebody like that, and just uh, talk about how you'd rather be at the bar. Okay. I, I figured that if I was going to dress up like you, it would end at the bar. But yeah. <laughs> I want to know where to start. I want to know where to start. Bro, Tim got lost yesterday. <laughs> this this was a real thing that happened in my life. We, we were all at the bar drinking, playing old school. And uh, I don't know if we talked about this beginning episode or before we started casting, but we were drinking heavily, obviously. And I left after the one o'clock games were over. And they went to another bar because uh, one of us had been cut off already at the first bar. So they went to Rapscallions, if anybody knows Rapscallions. I went home. But at like 8 o'clock at night, I was getting texts that just said, help, I'm at the taco place, help. I can't find my backpack. I can't find my phone, which is hilarious to receive in a text message, right? I can't (laughs) find my phone. I don't know how to get home. I don't know where I am. These are all texts that I was receiving yesterday at 8 p.m. You, you have to come pick me up. Absolutely outstanding. Yeah, it was fucking... Even, <laughs> even more outstanding than the picture of you at the Ren Fair uh, and the Wizard's Robes playing old school on the table. I'm not going to say who it was, but their parents had to go, come pick them up. <laughs> they're, Yo, they're, they're... In, they're in their 30s. <laughs> their parents had to come <laughs> pick them up because they couldn't figure out how to use Uber. They were that <sighs> You a- know what? Good good for them. Your parents had that conversation with you in high school where they're like, you know what? It doesn't matter if you get caught in a situation where you've had too much to drink. Call us. We're not going to be mad. Yep. We'll come get you. No <laughs> questions. And calling on that when you're like 35, props to them. Props yep. to them. And you was going to come in handy at some point, I guess. Yep. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to have that talk with my kid in a few years. If people want to find you on Twitter, how do they do that? T-SmileyMTG. And the cast at Dead Format Cast. If you want to email us, our emails are open. Deadformatcast at gmail.com. Ian1825 on Twitter. Uh, holla at your boy. Have a good uh, good Halloween, Thanksgiving, all that shit. Peace. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs>